Uh, this was an absolutely cracking game, Ed, what we're talking about today. Absolute um, banger. So this is Spurs just having lost to Manchester United last week. No, wait a minute. That's <laughs> real football. No. Yeah. Um, of which today, we are not going to see for months. No, I guessed it on the uh, the Full Time Devils podcast today. Right. And there was quite a lot of chat about real football. And I have to say, I did repeatedly make the point that real football isn't a thing. So um, I have to say, I'm, really... I'm amazed daily logging into Twitter with the amount of transfer gossip. I mean, you know, listen, there's a huge content void, isn't there? So um, there's a lot of transfer gossip when there's no uh, content void. But should we just should we just jump in straight to the to Game club scenes, because I don't think there's anything worth talking about in the world, is there really? No, no, no. Just, I mean, two very quick updates in the world of football. Everything cool. below the National League has been voided. And below the Women's Championship has been voided. So they've just ended oh, okay. the seasons. It's interesting they haven't made an agreement with anything in the Football League or the Premier League yet. A lot more politics and a lot more money to be concerned yeah. with there. Obviously... Um, and the noises coming out of the Premier League is that deadline of April the 30th for resumption is going to be pushed back again. No surprises there. We're not going yeah, to see football before the autumn, as we spoke about on the, the last pod. It's fanciful to think otherwise. But apparently Manchester United are spending $120 million on Jadon Sancho this summer. Yes. Well, they might still. They no, might they still. Won't. Cause... They won't. Yes. <laughs> Um, let's say there might be some key personnel at United who are desperate to try and find a way to use this time to do that. Hmm. No. I I tell you what there will be a market for this summer is clubs who are going to the wall desperately trying to find buyers for their better players. So if 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 you've got a smart transfer strategy, and it might not be the summer because, of course, that could move the window... Uh, if you're if you're smart with your data and understand the market to a to a depth that's greater than going to Mino Raiola, then you can get some you're you're going to get some really good bargains this summer mm. or whenever the window. Okay, is. so anyway, that, let's let's talk about that was, this that was, no, you were you were saying that was point one that the stuff had been voided. What was the second? thing? The second point was uh, about the Premier League pushing back their deadline, ah, right, to an yeah. unspecified date. Yeah. And I guess the only other thing is that the Olympics... Olympics has gone, yeah. That would have had under-23 football. No idea whether there would have been any United players involved in that, I guess. Um, Yeah, a real shame for the the Japanese who really, really, really tried hard to bury their head in the sand and pretend this wasn't happening. Tried really, really hard. Well, one of the reasons is because it's like hardly happening in japan because it's a civilization designed to deal with these things but anyway um all right let's talk about manchester united four real madrid three april 2003 the back end of the 2002 2003 season and a fascinating an absolutely fascinating snapshot of a moment in time but as fergie said afterwards also just a real football night, like one of the great match. It's almost like because of the way the goals went in, it almost became a glorified friendly, this match. Um, But a friendly in which everyone was determined to show exactly what they were made of and what they could do. Yeah. I mean, look, strange game because, because of the, the way and the timing of when the goals went in, really Real Madrid were never in any trouble of going out at any point. 
and and it allowed a lot of players a lot of freedom. United actually played really well in this game. Uh, you know, really yeah. genuinely, you know, earned a victory. And on different circumstances, on a different night, we'd be talking about this as one of the great Manchester United victories. But of course, it was all in a lost cause in the end. Uh, but just great entertainment, especially the second half. It really opened up. But lots of drama as well in the off-the-pitch stuff. Beckham dropped for Solskjaer. Solskjaer, hmm, I'd say not really on it in this game. This is all about the politics, this one. So I'm very... I was watching this going, oh, God, the three people that have a go at me for not being positive about enough about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer are going to be like, agenda! agenda!" We've held this agenda for 17 years, folks. (laughs) It's not an agenda. He has an absolute stinker in this game, I think. Maybe absolute stinker is slightly too strong, but he has a pretty rough game. I mean, Ferguson says that Solskjaer has been in brilliant form, but the fact that he looks incredibly annoyed when David Beckham scores tells you everything you need to know. So obviously, lots of cameras on extremely handsome Alice Banded David Beckham uh, on the bench and in his United. A very fetching tracksuit top, by the way. Really good training top, that. Um and just Beckham being sort of near Carlos and Zidane and Figo and you know what's about to happen. There's a certain, oh, it stings a bit. It, it is verse. interesting. I mean, context, United are 3-1 down from the first leg. Uh, this is the quarterfinal um, at Old Trafford. In the end, Real Madrid go out to Juventus. Juventus meet AC Milan in the final and Milan win on penalties at Old Trafford. So there was the carrot. I know, stings a little bit. United won the Premier League by five points, but it would be their last title for some time. It's definitely a team on the decline. Just look at the num- the names in this squad. It is a mixed bag. I mean, the, the back four is four central defenders and then Fabian Barthez well, behind them. Shit. I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Simon, earlier today, and we were both observing that John O'Shea is really very good, and he was really very good in that 2007 game too. And he he wasn't a centre-back, he was a full-back for most of his United career. But the other three, all centre-backs, except He's for not a natural full-back though, was... is he? I mean, he's multi-talented, John O'Shea, but I couldn't tell you what he was actually multi-talented at. I think I think all his best his his absolute kind of like that golden season the season with the chip in it against Arsenal that was almost all played at fullback. I do think he was I think he he became a really good fullback in terms of especially in his attacking work you know so I, I think that but the one of the two players that was playing at centre back is probably the worst centre-back out of all of them, which is Mikel Silvestre. And I, I, I didn't mean literally the worst centre-back of all time, but he, there was a period in his career, there were moments in his career where he was among the yeah. worst centre-backs So it's Bates in goal, it's Brown at right-back, it's Ferdinand and Silvestre in the centre of defence and John O'Shea at, at left-back. And in front of them is a, there's, a, there's a three, Varon, Butt and Keane. And then... In front of them is Giggs, Van Nistelrooy and Solskjaer, but it's not really a 4-3-3 because Giggs and Solskjaer, no, although you'd think of them as kind of forward players, are playing wide. This is this is 4-5-1 when Fergie deployed that system a lot. This is not, you know, today Solskjaer would be playing on the left and Giggs would be playing on the right in a 4-3-3 with that, that set of players in a modern system. It's not that at all. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. They are playing as wide midfielders. Both. I mean, Giggs was a winger his whole career, and Solskjaer is not in this side as a centre forward. He plays centre forward quite a lot the second half um, after Beckham comes on, but he's playing in David Beckham's position on For the sure. right of midfield. And, and Real Madrid, I mean, he's just world class talent all over that team, and Steve McManaman, but just so much talent. And well, you know this thing that Fergie was terrified of Steve McManaman. So one of the interesting things about listening to the old players on the United podcast is so many of them have mentioned Fergie's weird obsession with Steve McManaman. So before he was the only player any of them could ever remember Fergie changing tactics for and messing around about. So it's weird, it's weird it? cause he he, he's, he wasn't a great goal scorer or really a great assister. He carried the ball and, and maybe that just kind of cloudy... Fergie's judgment because that's the the kind of old school view of a talented player isn't it but for me didn't do enough to be in the same bracket as players on the pitch like Zidane, original Ronaldo and Figo all just mega stars you know generational talents. Um, The other thing to say about Real Madrid absolutely banging kit black White stripes, yeah, stenciled lettering, the sort of army stenciled lovely. lettering. Very nice, very nice. I mean, it's just, it's just, you see that kit and the Galacticos flash in your eyes, don't they? Because, I mean, it was that team. I would say, like, in United's starting lineup, there are uh, three players that I would say were at the level that they could easily have slotted into Madrid's team. Yeah, at that time, Rio, who wasn't quite as good as he became, but was already very, very good. But it's a better player than Helguera, for example. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, an absolute mess of the game. More about him later. Um, Roy Keane, who... Oh, oh, this, this, every game Roy Keane plays in it. This is just going to be the NQAT Roy Keane game club, isn't it? Because, oh my God. He's an absolute anyway. monster of a player. Yeah. He's just so good. Yeah, and Makaleli's in the, the opposite team... Sort of ostensibly in the same position, sort of starting from deeper, but with a license to to play as a six or an eight. But Roy Keane's just head and shoulders. There's no way that Cantona ever calls Roy Keane a water carrier. No, absolutely no. It wasn't Makaleli no, a water carrier. It was Deshaun. Right. Yeah, um, and Rude is the other one because Giggsy. I think there were periods of his career where he could easily have been a Real Madrid player. But I don't. I think this was in this was in a little bit of Giggsy doldrum times. Um, certainly doesn't have a particularly good game. No, and game. Bex, of course, who's on the bench, but joins Real Madrid well, six months later. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say. And then there's one player on the bench who absolutely would have belonged in that team, and literally did belong in that team. Um, so you know, it's not like United are particularly short of world class talent. So I mean, we would give what we would give to have three or four absolutely world class, guaranteed, definite kind of potential candidates for a world 11 now oh for sure um, yeah but this is this is a team that's definitely on the slide from four years earlier in 99 goalkeeper yeah. is a massive um downgrade the two fullbacks nowhere near i mean neville's obviously injured for this game and as his skulls both would have been in the team otherwise uh but yeah i mean even on the periphery uh the players available from the bench fortune comes on Plays in central midfield in this... Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we spoke about him on the, the bonus content a few weeks back. Played a surprising number of games for United. Stayed at the club for a few years, but not in not in this company. No, absolutely not. And this is this is 
that's what's kind of fascinating. This is almost like the last hurrah. This whole season is the last hurrah of this era, isn't it? Because we we won the league back from Arsenal after. Do they go? Is it the Invincibles? Is the season before this, right? Um, or the season, season after? after. No, th- oh, okay. So the Invincibles is oh three oh four. Yeah. Okay, and then Chelsea come along. That's correct. So we I don't so, we don't yeah. win the. We don't win the league for a while, and um, but we won the league back from Arsenal this season. And Arsenal had a bit of a collapse as well. Like we we had to really chase the league title down, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and we had a brilliant winning by five points in the season. end. But yes, it's a, yeah. it's a strong finish. Strong, of um, course, but, is, is how United started this game, which is kind of interesting. Five minutes in, Van Nistelrooy. You, you forget what a good player he is with the ball at his feet as well. He's you know everything as a striker. And uh, beats a player, narrow angle, absolutely leathers it, Casillas tips it over. It's probably never going in from that angle, but lovely piece of skill. And there's two things that have happened before that. One is just after the kickoff, Guti dinks the ball out wide and you're like, oh, it's going to be a long night because <laughs> they're, they're two goals up effectively. Um, although I guess we had... Yeah, we had the away goals advantage, didn't we, initially? So um, a draw would have been fine, but... Anyway, um, oh, sorry, a 2-0 no, win would have been fine. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Um, uh, but yeah, it looks immediately like it could be a long night. And then he thinks Zidane might be in for a long night because Nicky Butt absolutely animals into him, not for the first time. And they go like, Nicky Butt, we, we think of Keane as a sort of wild tackler, but like he's nowhere near as likely to just go barging into a player as Nicky Butt is. And and he clips a few in this game, Nicky Butt. He he enjoys a tackle in this one. Um yeah. but I don't know if it's the moment of the night. But it's not far off, is it? Eight minutes into this game. Eight minutes that will live in infamy if you're if you're Luis Figo. Absolutely fabulous player, Luis Figo. Should have retired after this. Yeah, because Shazy nutmegs him. And if you I'm makes I'm him. sure everyone's seen the this. The only thing Shazy does wrong here, because it's a lovely piece of skill to make him. That's right, he's completely in control. He needs to shout Megs first. <laughs> it's um it's it's interesting when that happened, I couldn't believe it was so early in the game. Because obviously I've seen that clip so many times, but I had no memory of when it like whenabouts in the game it was and I didn't even know for sure it was definitely this game. Um although of course, yeah, the, the kit the kits tell you that it is. Um but it's just a brilliant moment, isn't it? Then like this is just yet another Oh my god, Roy Keane is amazing. Like, so sorry if this is boring to anyone. There's a he plays a one-two with Varon. And the weight of Keane's return pass to Varon is a work of art. Like, it's quite a it's quite an awkward angle, and he's got to get it round. It's effectively a through ball as a return of a one-two. It's out on the flank. It, it, it's, I can't really describe it better than that. It's just everything about the angle, the calculation, the weight on the pass, it's it's a majestic pass. There was a thing going around on Twitter, uh, your Premier League eleven or something like that, and there was so and and there was voting. Oh, you had to pick a, a player from each era in each position, different players and players. Anyway, Roy Keane was listed at the bottom of the rankings in terms of pricing for this. I was like, this has been put together by someone who didn't watch 
the Roy Keane era. They just saw no football between 1995 and 2005. He might be the best player that's ever played for Man United, Roy Keane. He might be. Like, you could say that, okay, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's season, 2008 to 2009, is the best season any of us have ever seen. There's obviously Cantona. Those people older than us remember best and uh, Bobby Charlton. But over the length of his career, like, Roy Keane's definitely, for example, Paul Scholes, who is is held up as this kind of icon of midfield, United's midfield. If you gave me the choice between the two and I could only pick one of them, uh, sorry, Scalzi, like... Ooh, you're real, controversial. Really good. Is it, though? Like, I don't think it should be. That's the thing. <coughs> Who do you pick? Didn't you, you get into today's United team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, look, it was just so good. And we don't need to keep labouring it, I guess, no, but no, just we a will great again. player. Yeah. yeah and in, it's funny that in, in two years... In a little bit years, he's out of the club. A little bit too soon, I guess. Um, bit too soon was Real Madrid's goal in this game, which is a fine, fine goal, isn't it? So it, it starts with McManaman. We talked about McManaman sort of carrying the ball forward. Zidane, Zidane with, I don't know how he does it, but the ball's coming from behind him and he not only manages to see the ball as it's played inside, but play this first time weighted through ball to, I think it's to Guti in the sort of inside forward channel who plays onto Ronaldo who scores. Oh, the, the ball oh, from Zidane is insane. Yeah, the ball from Zidane is insane, but I think uh, Guti, saying Guti plays it onto Ronaldo who scores is slightly undervaluing Guti who threads the needle with the perfect weighted through ball to Ronaldo who scores. Um, but yeah, Zidane is... Zidane, the, he was the other player in this game because one of the things about Ronaldo gets the standing ovation when he goes off and Ronaldo hardly touches the ball in the game like he's obviously absolutely devastating when he does but I remember it as being a sort of all-conquering performance but really he basically touches the ball about 12 times three of which are goals um, but Zidane is all, all over this team isn't it? it's his team really for all the unbelievable talent around him He'd yeah, yeah no, he, he's he's the. He, I was going to say he's the ten, the fulcrum, but he, he doesn't really play as ten. He plays as a ten on the left side of midfield. Doesn't really matter where he is. That's just where he wants to play. He's going to dictate the play in that team if he played at centre half. Yeah. So what? Probably you make- the only position he couldn't play and dictate play would be from goalkeeping goal yeah. as a goalkeeper but he'd probably still try it then I mean he's just so good he always finds space his first touch is always takes it away from the opposition player so he has space to play the ball he can run with it he's not particularly quick he can play left right foot chest control is superb um it's amazing how often they hit the ball into him at extreme pace because his first control his first touch it, you know, it's, it's as world class as it gets uh, through history, uh, and and it buys Real Madrid a lot of get out. Yeah, being able to do that, they just hit the ball into him so hard. It doesn't matter how crowded the space is. Um, what do you make of Bartes then? Do you think this is just well one of the hardest hitters of the ball has smashed the ball pretty much way before anyone thought he would, so he's not set. Or is it just, well, actually, this is just Fabian Martez not being a particularly good goalkeeper? I mean, it's, it's not that wide an angle as well. There's a bit of an angle there. 
Um, but it's not much more than a straight shot. So he's got a yard to aim it into Bartez's left and about six yards to aim it to his right. And he still beats Bartez. So I, I couldn't say that Dave would save it or any other goalkeeper would definitely save it because he takes it very early and hits it hard. But looking at that, you're like, hmm. You know, you were saying the thing about like goalkeepers, um, it's not about their reaction time. It's about the pre-calculation of what's about to happen. That's what enables them to do the thing. And Bartes just doesn't do that very well, I guess. Because I think that that's the way that Dave could have saved it, is if he'd seen what was coming better than Bartes did and reacted, kind of put the picture together in that kind of sure. subatomic speed quicker. Um, but yeah, Ronaldo... It's a, is it's this a Bartes' his last season with the club as well? I mean, I'm trying to think, when does... I'm very, when does Tim very... Howard join and Roy oh, Carroll? <laughs> it's not. It's not a pretty era for Manchester United goalkeeper because it's not until 2007, Van der Sar. Right? It's absolutely in maybe 2006, but it's a long, long time before we get to salvation. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, after this, I noticed uh, a very, very extended chant of Ferguson's Red Army, and one of the things that was really tangible in the crowd in this game is up until Madrid's second, when now United need to win 6-3 or something, um, or 6-2 it would have been at the time, the crowd 100% believe that United can win this. And even after that, the crowd are incredibly supportive, incredibly encouraging and all that. But you can hear that's defiance, that's love of the team, that's recognising they've given it their best shot. But before that second goal, every man jack in that crowd fully believe United can do this. Yeah, because this has been a team that does do that for, what, seven years of the the um, the this, this group of players being six, seven years of this group of players being together and they've done it so often. <laughs> I have to say this is a heavy lift. Um there's a really interesting piece not long after Ronaldo scores where Varon, you don't really think of him doing this, absolutely two foot Makaleli. That's my Gets next the crowd note going too. as well. Really, really vicious. A hundred percent red today. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is. You'd probably see red for it. And uh, probably, but, yeah, <laughs> probably, because <laughs> he gets the ball. But I do think that's one of football's better rule changes that that would be a red card tackle now because you shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed just in case you can maybe get the ball sometimes because every single time you don't get the ball you commit a genuine atrocity against your fellow man yeah that was the uh, Argentinian in Juan Sebastian Verón coming out there. He, he he has quite a quiet game. I mean, he's effective. He's not poor. And he's probably not the man who should come off when Beckham comes on. Bit frustrating, though, isn't he? Yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't... He's 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 flat. In I, I mean, in terms of his positioning, Keane and Bart and Verón are all pretty static in that midfield three. He's not playing up near Van Nistelrooy. He's not really impacting on the game. He does things okay, but he's definitely not an influence on the game. So uh, after Veron two-foot Smakalene, Nicky Butt absolutely animals into Roberto Carlos, then seconds later, animals into Miguel Salgado. Like, he's just tearing around, smashing people. And then Madrid get a direct free kick. I think it's as a result of that tackle on Salgado. And Roberto Carlos is still, it's six years after Le Tournoi, still living off it. 
it's still about 40 yards out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, hey, like, what's he doing? Like, he just never scored those after after 1997, basically, but he still took them every week. Um, and I thought that Madrid are just hugely on top, uh, hugely had the best. Of, United had a good start, bright start, but then, like, Madrid are pretty dominant up to about the half an hour mark. Yeah, there's um, a Ronaldo Zidane Figo move, which forces Barthez into save. There's that Carlos shot. Um, there's there's control from Madrid. They're, they're definitely neater in possession. United do go direct quite a bit. That said, there's a good chance created by Giggs. Uh, I think his butt just misses it, sliding in. There's Giggs with the right foot shot. He has that kind of... That, that's the frustrating thing with gigs where it's a, it's a, like two or three foot wide. It's a nice it's a nice turn and twist, and then he just doesn't quite finish it off. And he's got that kind of puzzled look on his face where you just kind of wonder whether there's much between the eyes. Wow! Um, Every single one of these has been you having a go at Ryan Giggs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you have every like in every game that Ryan Giggs has come up. This is the secret real agenda that all these years we thought it was Rooney, and it turns out it was actually Ryan Giggs you were after. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, um, there's a shot by Solskjaer, stopped by Casillas from an ang- angle. Yeah. Um, there's um, another one where Solskjaer's turning. It's only about seven or eight yards out from goal and kind of scuffs it. Uh, probably a pretty good chance that one. And, you know, so United are creating a few chances without really having the kind of possession control. But then, but that's the turning point, isn't it? It's after that half an hour mark. Between half an hour and and half time, United massively have the best of it then. There's lots and lots of chances. And when the goal comes, it's it's not a surprise that the goal comes. So there's a beautiful ball stabbed through from Giggs with the outside of his boot to Solskjaer. Um, and Solskjaer does really well uh, to feed Rude unmarked in front of him and uh united score and and like i've written here the crowd still believe like that goal everyone everyone kind of felt it something special was happening and that had come as a result of that build-up of pressure but Giggs and solskjaer really excellent in this move and of course van this roy's center forward movement excellent yeah tapping and that's that's half time which is what one one 4-2 on aggregate, still a long road back from here because you actually need to win the second half 3-0. So, or 2 all for extra time and penalties. Yeah, and we love United, brings around Old Trafford and you can see why because it was it was really an incredibly spirited and concerted effort with a lot of quality in it from United and very brave, you know, not, not brave physically, but brave in the collective mentality which you know that's obviously so so lacking in the last few years seven shots on target from United in the first half two off target Madrid two and two um Ronaldo I think one shot one goal and that seems as good as time as any to take a quick break I hope you're enjoying the No Question About That podcast. We are open for sponsorship, so if uh, you run the kind of business that would be interested in sponsoring our show, just drop us an email at nqatpod at gmail.com. And then, uh, and then the second half. So, uh, Ollie, brilliant tackle and drag back where he wins the ball just outside the box that we're attacking and then kind of wraps his foot over the ball and drags it back to him, but his, his shot lacks composure. And I actually think... 
you don't associate this with Solskjaer at all. But I do think he slightly lacked composure in this game. I do think may- maybe maybe it was the pressure of playing when Beckham was in was on the bench and he was in Beckham's position. Maybe he felt like he had to prove something or I don't know um, whether there's any truth to that whatsoever. But there's something in it where he's definitely trying a little bit too hard and, and lacking a bit of composure. There's a, there's a weird moment just after that where uh, Figo, I think it is, down the left, sort of twists and turns and beats Brown and then I think it's an attempted cross or just an absolutely outrageous chip, but it clatters off the bar. That would have been game over at that point if that had gone in. And then it basically was game over <laughs> yeah. moments later where it's a great break. Carlos Zidane, uh, Roberto Carlos again tapping for number... Two for Madrid, yeah. five overall. And and I think both goals, the defending's kind of questionable. The first goal, we're, we're sort of very, very open um, from a kind of, like the route where we talked with incredible, incredible praise about Madrid finding the spaces in the way they did, but they were big spaces to find. And this one felt like people weren't quite tracking runners. And actually, Ronaldo's third goal, which is a complete belter, Wes Brown is sold a bill of goods and runs away from Ronaldo that leads to the space for the shot. I mean, there's a lot of work to do after that still, but defending defending not United's strong point in this game. And what not exactly a surprise, as previously discussed, the back four is probably where a lot of the issues really lie in this team. Yeah, I mean, Brown doesn't go with the runner for the second either. Um, I mean, the third's ridiculous, isn't it? It's... It's he picks it up basically in midfield, Ronaldo, and just kind of runs straight, <laughs> and then just whacks it from about twenty five yards out. Barthez nowhere near it. Um, I do like the kind of understated nature of Ronaldo's celebrations. It's just a little wag of the finger, like he knows such a such a great player. Unreal you know, career blighted by injury. He still still scored. 250 league goals in 350 league games, something like that. Yeah, and like won three World Cups. So it's like not, not a bad career for a career blighted by injury. The um, the the thing, I, I said earlier that the belief kind of goes out of the crowd after the second goal, but that's not true. Because after the second goal, United score almost immediately, um, thanks to an absolute gift from Helguera. Um, so a decent enough ball from Veron towards Rude, But Helguera just so easily deal with it and instead he gets his legs in the tangle and scores a ridiculous OG. Uh, and then and then the belief's back immediately. So the belief almost hasn't dropped at that point. It's only that that third Ronaldo goal that takes this thing out of it. But did you think Madrid should have had a penalty in between that? There's one, it's right on the byline. I didn't, I didn't go, they didn't show a replay of it because there's loads of open play afterwards. I didn't go back to look at it again, but it looked like um, a tackle that kind of cleaned out the Madrid player, but maybe that's just 21st century Don't remember eyes. it. Yeah, no, I think we should have had four penalties and VAR would have given us a win. Um Ali had had <coughs> between the two goals between the the the, the gift of an OG. Ali gets the ball in space, and he really that's this is what I think what I was thinking of when I was talking about a lack of composure because he he just blasts it when really if he'd taken a moment he could have worked a bit of an angle and created a bit of a challenge for Casillas, but instead he sort of blasts it straight at Casillas and it hits him in the midsection. Yeah, and uh, just after the hour, Bex is on. 
for Juan Sebastian and Veron. I mean, it probably should have been for Oli, really, because Bates goes into central midfield and and it's basically the shape doesn't change. Maybe Oli's a bit further forward. Uh, I guess. I, I don't know that it really changes the dynamic of how United are playing. Well, Oli goes other up than, front, doesn't he? He goes up front with, with Rude, really, and they go to 4 4 2, kind of. Sort of. Um, and, and so that happens after the incredible. Sort Ronaldo of. Goal. It's not really, though. Do you not is think? Because so, Beckham's quite tight inside. Yeah. Know, he's not playing out on the wing. Yeah, I guess so. But the. Um, the I mean, he, get, he does go wide fairly often, Beckham, but not not like 99 playing out on the wing, is he? So you're right, I guess. The shape doesn't change that much. The, the Ronaldo shot, we should say, like the Wes Brown, Wes Brown makes, this is just before the substitution, that goal. Um, Wes Brown makes a mistake, but Ronaldo's shot is one of the best shots you'll ever see in your life, isn't it? Like it's insanely good. Um, but yeah, then then there's huge applause when Beckham comes on, um, and the the camera. We, I watched it on a, a feed that had no commentary at all, which was quite nice. But you could literally hear the ITV commentators in your mind because they kept cutting to Beckham on the bench, and you could hear them going, "Oh, will United regret leaving the golden boy on the bench and all that kind of stuff?" And clearly yes. they did because <laughs> um, he comes on, and uh, after Ronaldo's had a nice little. Pirouette in midfield. Uh, then Rude almost cracks the post with a shot that hits the bottom of the post. Um, then Ronaldo comes off and gets the famous round of applause. Um, I thought the TV director slightly blew that, showed the replay of the last goal and then showed lots of close-ups of Ronaldo. I only realised that he was getting a standing ovation from the crowd slightly late on, so you just get one shot of that, which was, I think, really the story of that moment would have been to pan round the ground and show this kind of ground-wide round of applause. Yeah, I'm not up for these magnanimous signs of sportsmanship from the Old Trafford crowd. Should have booed him off. No good. Were you there? I was not there, no. Oh, okay. Um, So then... Uh, the th- I remember the round of applause. What I didn't remember is a uh, uh, ground-wide singing of Fergie, sign him up. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, then Ole can't get a near post on target. Header, good, good um, chance as well. I mean, it's not yeah. behind him. It's a good chance. Yeah. Uh, McManaman does not get a standing ovation as he goes off, but he... Funnily enough that, yeah, he didn't, didn't get any ovation at all at any point in this entire game. He loved, what a surprise. He loved it, though. He proper loves being the pantomime villain in a game that his team are winning by miles. And then I've just written, Christ, what a free kick. And then in caps letters, why did Fergie sell him? Well, look, there's... I mean, it's, it's what, 25 yards out, bit of an angle, just whacks it straight in the top corner, three all on the night, four, six, four overall. United still needing three more or something at that stage. So, you know, it's United are out of the, the game. But you can just see the energy that Beckham brings. As soon as he's on, he he's really up for it. He wants to show Fergie that Fergie was wrong and that he should have been in this game. It's clearly all about the politics. This, I mean, it was. At the, I'm sure we talked about it at the time. Yeah. This was uh, this was Fergie putting Beckham in his place. The relationship had broken down. Was this before or after Fergie threw the boot in? Well, it's very much the same haircut era, so it's within it's, it's within a whisker point, either around way. Then, yeah, yeah. And he's off in the summer, and there's all that drama about whether he's going to Barcelona or 
Um, I think they even put a press release out, don't they, United, saying he's he, they've taken and accepted a bid from Barcelona. Today it'll all be done through agents and linked into the, the press, but the same thing, trying to create a market for him. But Beckham Beckham got his choice and, and kind of won that battle. And, and Yeah. So, I, I yeah, mean, mistake you, leaving him out on, on the evidence of uh, the 20 minutes Beckham played anyway. A substantial percentage of our listeners of a certain age will be uh, furious at us kind of borderline taking the Beckham side in this because they're kind of like, uh, there's a lot of ultra Fergie loyalism. And I think, you know, maybe there's an argument that Beckham was agitating for a move and actually wanted to move away from the club. I I, think everything you've heard and seen from him in the 20 years since... 17 years since that's not what he wanted at all yeah um, maybe or maybe like maybe he wanted it then and regretted it you know yeah, that's yeah. the other the maybe, other possibility that, that may well be a fair take yeah no yeah. look I, I actually think um you know beckham was uh, more consistent for longer at united than the comparison that i'm going to make so you know no need to tweet at that me tweet me about that but it's of a similar ilk to the reaction that some fans have about Paul Pogba and they'll take the club. It doesn't matter who the manager is. Oli, Mourinho, you know, it, it really wouldn't matter. If it was Kenny Dalgleish in charge of United, uh, there would be um, a certain sense of loyalty to club ahead of player. Uh, and I think a fair, a fair proportion of United fans today and then um took the club side over the player yeah absolutely um and then bex does uh mark hughes and absolutely nicks a goal but instead of nicking it off uh a current teammate he nicks it off a future teammate because it's going to be a hiero own goal until bex fully slides in and mark hughes is it at the far, far post the crowd i think start chanting we want six at this point and i kind of was like I'm pretty sure we lose if we get to six. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we need seven because I think six would have made it six all on aggregate with them having three away goals. So yeah, but bad maths. Uh, but there are nine nine minutes left at this point. So United scoring another couple's possible. <laughs> Not yeah, really. but they would have had to get another three. Um, so, but the fans are just incredible. I mean, they're just absolutely incredible. There is this real sense of. There's gratitude, appreciation. There's no kind of like being grumpy about losing effectively the tie. It's only adulation for a team that, like I said earlier, played with incredible kind of commitment and passion and all those things that you want, but also unbelievable skill and talent in in areas. We haven't been battered by seven years of post-Fergie at that point. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, maybe we were, the- we were too spoiled and uh, we could accept it. I mean, heading he- heading towards a, yet another title at this point. Um, I was sort of saying earlier, I mentioned passion there. There's there's a, a moment I thought was really noticeable, which I, I didn't make an, an actual note of. So it's, it's right near the back end of the game. Roy Keane loses the ball, which I think is the only time he does this in the whole game. And then he absolutely tears after Luis Figo. Um, who's got the ball. And I think everyone in the ground, including Luis Figo, thinks that Keane is frustrated by losing the ball and is and the fact that United are going out of Europe and that he's gonna like he's in for a clattering here. 
And instead, Keane puts in the calmest, most measured, most inch-perfect slide tackle. Figo gets booked for diving, but I really think that is a fully a dive of anticipating what's about to happen. Like, he's got a, a look of pain on his face, not because he's trying to buy a free kick, because he's terrified for his life. But yeah, Keane... he's not sure whether it's one kneecap or the two that are going to be removed <laughs> by Keane at that point. But in fact, Roy Keane is a consummate professional in this moment and puts an unbelievably perfect tackle in. Well, that's the thing you forget about one. You don't forget, but one could forget about Roy Keane. 99.9% of his time on the pitch is is just excellence in everything he does. It's the 0.1%, which was the nut, the nutter that came out. But it wasn't very often. There were moments. Absolutely. And it's crazy that that's what's remembered. And it's really interesting in a way, because like with Cantona, the, the ratio is probably like percentage wise, there's a chance that he was insane more often um, percentage wise, but we don't really remember that. Not really. It's sort of part of the picture, but it's not the myth of Eric, is it? The myth of Eric is the warrior poet with Keane. It's like the warrior. But in fact, he was, uh, again, I was talking to Simon earlier and just Simon was saying that it was really noticeable how calm Keane was throughout this game. And he is, he's, he, he plays with tremendous commitment and energy, but he doesn't lose the run of himself. He's really mature by this point. Yeah. All right. We've got a few questions from the peeps uh, about about this game. Great. Andrew Yaxley says, uh, is there a purer moment of football genius than John O'Shea nutmegging Lewis Figo? And how much better was O'Shea than Figo? <laughs> Considerably. Oh, John O'Shea, pretty good. I've often wondered why he played so many games for United. But turns out he was pretty good. Hmm. Yes, Matt Faginor says, uh, do you think Ronaldo would have refused to play if he, if he knew that Phil Jones was lined up to mark him? I mean, jeez. Uh, look, uh, Ronaldo ran rings round Rio Ferdinand in this game. Uh, poor Phil Jones. Poor, poor, poor Phil Jones. Yeah. Oh, God, Ronaldo was so good. In this, I mean... In this like and I any said, game. Uh, I mean, this is towards the back yeah. end of when he was... A really good player. He leaves Real Madrid a couple of years later. Spends one season at AC Milan, then he's off to Brazil, and that's it. Him done with sort of top top level football. Um, you just wonder how good he would have been if it hadn't been for the two or three knee injuries he got, which took a, stole a couple of seasons from him. Yeah, and you know, is also the reason he had loads of weight on him because he was on steroids the whole time. Like, I mean. Uh, medical steroids, not anabolic steroids, and it was impossible for him to shift that weight. Nick G says, do you think Beckham's future's in doubt not starting this big game? Is this the final nail in the coffin of his United career? No, it's impossible. I mean, if you think about it, he's been there since, like, since he was a boy. What? And, and obviously, he's still got such a, a lot to contribute no to the team. He wants, it, to, he wants to finish his career with United like the rest of the class of 93 or 92 or... And, Bit of both. And Phil Fergie's, Neville comes on the end. He's the class of '93. Fer, Fergie's uh, he's smart. Fergie's playing this really, really well. He's uh, he's just keeping Beckham a little bit in check so that all the Victoria stuff doesn't go too much to his head. But they'll they'll make it up, and and we'll we'll see Beckham retire at Man United. I think I can see in future years when perhaps there's I don't know a young player maybe comes from Liverpool or something like that tries to play Fergie for a new contract. I can see Fergie. Winning him over in the same way he's going to win Bex over. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Abhinav JB says, do you think Beckham's the best footballer in the world between 97 and 2001? No. 
I don't think I don't no, think Roy he was. Roy Keane is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't even the best player in United. Uh, he was really. He was good, a really though. good oh player. Though. The, the funny thing is, I think at the time there were a lot of people who thought, "Oh well, he's only getting second in the the Ballon d'Or because he's famous, right?" And I, conversely, I think in the years that have followed, I think people forget what a good player he was. I mean, he left English football in two thousand three and never returned. And I think there's a kind of collective, we've collectively forgotten how good he was because he he never, he's never included in these lists of best ever Premier League players. And he was a really, really fine player. All right, that's me done, Ed. I'm sure we've got more questions from the people, but I am, uh, I've reached the end of my energy i need the board held up on the side with my number on it i'm one matter after 65 minutes that's what i'm saying really nice interview with him on the official united podcast by the way um we said we weren't going to mention that anymore but we all i i'm not going to stop sorry you just well you can't do hugs anymore can he it's got to be like elbow bumps oh and you know him laddie you've got to be socially distanced he's got to be a John O'Shea first touch away from anyone. <laughs> uh, this was an amazing game of football and we will leave the last word to uh, the manager because it, it was perfect. He just said, I really enjoyed that. It was a football night. Lovely. Um, and What are we talking about on Sunday? Oh yeah, of course. We should tell the people, right? Because we decided. Um, this was inspired by current legend of the British society, Gary Neville, um, who on uh, Soccer Box was asked something about best strike partnership and he talked about York and Cole and he talked about Barcelona 3, Manchester United 3 at the New Camp in 1998 uh, during the 1998-99 Champions League group stages. Um, I, of course, remember... I think all I remember from this game ahead of time is the one York and Cole goal, so I'm excited to see the rest of it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you can find that all over the internet. Just any of these games that we're looking for. We're not going to always say where they are because, I don't know, it just feels weird to draw attention to that. Um, but uh, we Google ahead of time to see if we can find the games. Uh, and I just Googled the result and the date and full game. And Yes, so, we'll always watch the full game yeah, for yeah, these ones, yeah. so you'll be able to find it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I tweet it out. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, all right. Thanks for the kind words about us doing this. We're going to keep doing this all the way through. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll see you. Are we going to run out of games? Because uh, it's going to be months. I don't think we will. We've got the whole of... We could always start buying DVDs. Um, all right. I'll. Uh, we'll see you all on Monday with Barcelona 3, Manchester United 3. Great. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Bye now. <laughs>